Regina Nissan, the presenting sponsor of Off the Huzzle Podcast. Factory-approved sales event is on now at Regina Nissan. On select 2021 Nissan Murano models, you can receive up to 4000 in standard rate finance cash. Or check out the all-new 2021 Nissan Road. I have it. It's unreal. Leased for as low as $77 weekly for 64 months at 2.99% with $0 down. Make sure to head down to Regina Nissan at 1111 Broad Street, Regina, Saskatchewan, or visit them online at reginanissan.ca. Conditions apply. Harbor Golf Club and Resort offers an exciting challenge to all levels of golf enthusiasts. This 18-hole championship golf course is situated on the bluffs overlooking the scenic Lake Diefenbaker in Elbow, Saskatchewan. Feast your eyes on the panoramic views of miles of sandy beaches, the lake, and our spectacular golf course. Take the opportunity to get away from life's hustle and bustle and support local by planning your next day trip to Harbor Golf. Use off the hosel code on your next booking and get 20% off green fees and a $20 food and beverage voucher for your foursome. Offer not applicable with any other promotion. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kosher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy, can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Off the Hosel, episode 80. My name is Drew Kosher, and I'm your host. Troy and Dan are not here today, but the intern, Turner Ripwinger, is back in-house. Rip, thanks for being here today. Coach, always a pleasure. So, we did a lot of chat about today. Local golf, our, our week trip to Swift, uh, NHL playoffs, the PGA, the Open this week. Uh, yeah, it's a full podcast. But before we get into that, we have a couple ads we want to read off, as always. Nissan Driven. This is a Nissan Driven podcast. Number one place to get your next vehicle, oil change, or any vehicle-related needs. Located on 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. It's time you make the switch and drive Nissan. And before we rip off where we're at, Rip, I have the 2021 Nissan Rogue right now. Yeah, it's This sick. thing is a limo. It's unbelievable. It looks so nasty on the inside. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the speakers are unreal. Everything's about it. So it's time to switch over to Nissan and do it today. Rip, where are we recording from? We are recording at Divots Indoor Golf on Rochdale Boulevard. It's uh, it's always a great time here during the winter when you're not out on the links. Um, great people, great time, great food, great drinks. It's a place to be. Divots, place to be. All right, let's walk through our weekends, Rip. We spent a lot of time together over the last nine days. It's good to see that we're both not, uh, you know, picking at each other's heads right now. So it's, uh, that means we're good friends. Um, but what's new with you? What's up? I know you were golfing on Monday. We golfed. Did we golf this weekend? Did we? Did we golf together? Um, no, we did so. not golf together. Okay. Well, walk us through your this past weekend and Monday and, and obviously throughout the week. What's up? Um, what, what day did we get home? We got home Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I golfed my little brother, peeled him in a match. Deadly. Love yeah. that. And then Sunday, Sunday I played a match. It was me, Todd Leach, Jeff Edmonds, and... Gordy Hamilton. Good group. Yeah, it was a good it was a good foursome. Uh me and Leachy ended up losing on seventeen. Nothing worse than losing yeah, on seventeen. Dude, I <laughs> I've been getting peeled in matches against high handicappers. It sucks. 
We got dummy. not high. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not calling him shitty, but like Eddie got 11 and Gordy got 14. And I shot 71 and got lost on 17. No, we got bodied like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we by got handicappers. We got yeah. fucked. Yeah, that was battle. What else is up? Monday, you had a golf tourney Monday? Yeah, golf tourney, Cougars tournament. Always a blast. Hanging out as partners with my father, Todd. He was he was feeling real good about himself. We'll say that. <laughs> and that's it? That's it. A uh, couple skates this week. You know, just same old shit. Men's night tomorrow. I have to miss that. Yeah. Disappointed. But It'll be sad not seeing you there. Yeah, you know, sometimes I'd be on the ice, though. It'll but. be the, it'll be the first men's night where we that aisle that I'm there, I guess. Anytime, first men's night that uh, we don't get kicked out at eleven. Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, I was, the mass mandates are over and the world's going back in a positive way, which is good to see. So, again, we're not a political podcast, but that Wednesday night should be a lot of fun for you, and you better play well. So, uh, Rip, let's go right into the SAS Jam and the men's mid am and the ladies championships this past week in Swift Current. Speedy Creek, as they say, north of the border. <laughs> um, ladies, first, uh, Ella Kozak of Yorkton wins by one shot over Autumn Niesner. And uh, Alex Schmidt tied for third. There's some good golf yep. by the ladies. First off, like I was looking at the scores and quite impressive. So that solidifies that team. I believe it's Ella, Autumn, and Alex all going to nationals for the, for the women's side of things. Not a big deal. Yeah, you know. Still a place I've never got to go yet. So, uh, yeah, congrats to those three ladies. Best of luck. Let's jump into the men's mid-am. This guy's a stud. You know, this guy is so good. We've had him on the pod multiple times. Great dude off the course. Yeah, he's a great person. Shredded. Uh, doesn't do leg day very often, but uh, he's unreal at golf. He wins his third straight consecutive men's mid-am championship. Danny Kugart. Uh, Rip, thoughts on the scores that he put up and and, and, and his week at Swift Current? Uh, standard. I feel like this guy just doesn't miss. Yeah. Like he's just cool as a cucumber, just puts up good store, scores constantly, and that that's why he's a third straight champion. Yeah, you know, it's, it's impressive what Danny's done in, over the last number of years here. So congrats to Danny. Um... And I guess, you know, let's go right into the men's am now. You know, well, I, I was competing in both men's and mid-am. But a guy that was turning so many heads, it was quite incredible. Um, I still call him a kid because I've known him forever. And since he was a kid, he's nasty. He played so good. He's He actually shot 65, 63, 68, 66, and a grand total of minus 26, a record-breaking weekend for him. Roman Timmerman from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Plays out of the Riverside Golf and Country Club. Goes to school in South Arkansas. One year remaining left in college. And he's also secured a spot in the Elkridge Open of the McKenzie Tour that is returning back to Saskatchewan, I believe, after six years. Let's, uh, first off, congrats to Roman. We will have him on today, the first part of the show here. Uh, thoughts on Roman, Rip? He's a freak. <laughs> like, those scores are nuts. Like, uh, he broke uh, Graham Dillette's record. Ever heard of him? Yeah, is that any good? Um, I remember, like, after our, our after your round, you were signing your card, and we go to look at our scores on, on our phones, and we see Roman at minus seven after day one. We're like, are you kidding? 
Yeah. And then sure as shit, the next day he goes, eh, minus nine, thanks. <laughs> like he just, he basically just won it after day two and he was just in cruise control for the rest of the week. Yeah. Like I, I think we got to the hotel and we're like, okay, so we're, we're competing for the men's mid-am now. <laughs> congrats, uh, Roman. Yeah, congrats. You know, you don't, you don't ever want to say a tournament's over after the first two days, but when you're 16 under par through 36 holes of golf, um, and, and Roman was on, I, I don't want to say cruise control, but it was definitely foot on the pedal at 125 the whole weekend. Yeah. And we got to play in front of him for two days and we would look back and be like, okay, inside six feet, yeah. inside six feet. Shocker. At some point, your putter's going to heat up inside six feet. You're going to yeah. make enough putts and clearly Roman is so good and what he does. And obviously he had a great week and captures uh, his first men's amateur champion championship and breaks a record and has a hell of a week. Uh, we'll talk to him more in the later portion of this podcast when we get him on. Um, but some of the scores, though, from all the guys. Yeah. Know, Kay Johnson. Uh, yeah, KJ was good. Klughart. Scotty Thompson. Uh, Soupy was good. Uh, yeah, Su- who's Soupy? Ty Campbell. Oh, yeah. I call him Chubbs. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ty Campbell's great. There was a lot of red numbers. And it was really cool to see where the game in, in the province is going. A lot of those guys are planning to turn pro after this year. Yep. So maybe I might have a chance that you get there at some point yeah. in my life, but sound. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it. <laughs> yeah. So like, do you want to talk about, but, do you want to talk about yourself? Cause when we dropped, we dropped ours on Wednesday and then your Thursday round. Yeah. We battled. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. But, I, but you weren't that focused that day. So <laughs> <laughs> sound, sound. <laughs> No, um, yeah, I was definitely focused. We went, uh, we, we left what, Sunday? Yeah, we left Sunday, came home Friday. So we played what a, a practice round on Sunday. Sunday, Monday. Afternoon, and we played Monday, one in the morning. That's what I was told by my cousin, Dale. Yeah. You want to play two rounds, one morning, one afternoon, because you're going to end up doing that, which we did. Yep. Did all the preparation for that. Barely had any drinks all week. Maybe we well, had you, two the night of the podcast. You didn't. Yeah, you, yeah, I didn't. So definitely was prepared for the event. I I got some tra- training lessons from Brownie. Yeah, was ready to go. And you know what? I talked to a few guys. You know, Tory Coglin and some other guys around the tour, and they said, "Hey, man, sometimes you just don't have it." Like I didn't have it that day, and and it is what it is. We talked to guys after round two, and they're like, "Hey, man, get your shit together tomorrow. Play well." Yep. For me, that's like okay. I want to go. That means they want me to come and hang out with them and you know play their golf. I just didn't have it. It's yeah. It's some days you don't have it. Some days you don't have it. And that goes for all sports, right? Yeah. It's uh like for team sports like hockey, some days you don't have it but you can find a way to contribute. Dude, when you're in golf, you are you're on an island, you're on your own. Like I was on your bag and dude, it was so frustrating just to watch you. I knew you were battling, but I couldn't do anything about it, right? Yeah, and it's just I just sat there and was just a good teammate and just tried to keep you positive, but Fuck, it just felt like nothing was going in the hole or you weren't getting bounces and it's tough. Yeah, no, first off, and like, even that too, like, one, thanks for you caddying all week. You did a great job. Uh, two, my putter was legit 1996 vanilla ice <laughs> on day three. I was shit. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hit a putt in the hole if it was the size of, a, size of a basketball hoop. So it definitely all does come down to me. I can't look at you and go, hey, what am I doing? What this and blah, blah. Like, I was prepared for every shot. At the end of the day, it's on me. I learn from this, and I go back next year and play better, and I learn from what happened this year, or I just quit. But that's the 5% of people in the world that they all quit, or the 90% of people that quit in sports, what it is, yep. you don't go very far. So you take it, take it with a grain of salt, and you take a couple of days off, 
and then uh, you kind of get back to work, which I did. You know, I went on shot one under part of the next day. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. Shocker. <laughs> so it was a tough, frustrating day, but we had a good time that night. The boys oh, yeah. were there for the podcast crew. We had a good time, and then uh, we went uh, We went home. Yep. It was fun, though, dude. It was, it was a good week. And thanks to Days In by Wyndham yeah. uh, in Swift Current. They put us up on, uh, for the podcasting up there. Great time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. It was uh, it was awesome listening to your eighteen thousand alarms every morning. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't. Do you want to get into that too? Sure. If you want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So I basically set like so. If I have a tea time at ten o'clock in the morning, I'll set it for like eight, eight fifteen, eight twenty, eight thirty. And the reason why I do that is because two years ago now I slept in for a tea time. And ironically enough, I didn't have anything to drink that night. I had one drink that night, went home by 11 o'clock, set my alarm, set three of them. And for whatever reason, my my brain and body just didn't wake up. I got carved, as I should. But it's not like I was wasted. Yeah. I just didn't wake up. Shit happens. Just bad luck. Again, bad luck. That's just my middle name, bad luck. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's why I set alarms. But now it's like an ongoing thing. I do it every day for work. I do it for especially golf now because I don't be that one guy. Drew Kosher, last call to the T, and I don't show up. Like that would be the most embarrassing in the world. Yeah, especially when you run a podcast talking about golf. Yeah, it's tough. So yeah, sorry for that, but it's okay. We I'm weren't the caddy. We, were, we weren't late for a tea time though, were we? No, we were not. <laughs> All right, what else is? Uh, do you want? I actually have a cool story I want to bring up from Swift Current. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're sitting there after day two having lunch, and friend of the show Scott Thompson's mom came up to oh, me yeah. at the table you were there yep. with me and she pumped our tires about the podcast love the interview that we did with scotty and to be honest i was kind of like oh well this is kind of cool i appreciate this yeah. and um like the i guess the moral story is this is before you and troy and dan came is this is why i started it for guys that don't get tv time don't get air time to talk about how good they are and some of the guys that we've got the interview have incredible careers you know the dumpies the clue cards the stewards uh uh, Scotty Thompson's everyone and when she was just saying how like she was telling us tell a story about her and, and and her husband or Scott's I don't, I don't know what it was it doesn't matter but cool story about it and explaining how like you know he kind of had a tear in his eye on the drive and you know that that's why we do it like yeah. that's you know we don't do it for the the cool shirts and the whatever all that stuff that kind of comes with hard work I guess but the stories about that and you hear from the parents that yeah. they hear their, their kid the talk about it and yeah yeah. That's the coolest part is then parents come out and go, hey, I heard my kid talking about this and blah, blah, and, you know, this was kind of true and this wasn't true and this is way, yeah. this is way worse than yeah. he said it was. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate the, the, that kind of stories and, yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't like being told they're doing a good job? Wow. Well, not like that. Yeah. I mean, well, like I'm, just, the, I'm yeah. just saying it's. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. What else is up? NHL, you want to tell a story from the weekend? I can get into the story from the weekend. Let's do it. Or that was, uh. Yesterday, I guess now. Well, this will be dropping on Wednesday the 14th. But I had a tournament on Monday the 12th of July. Yep. And uh, it was the Cougars alumni tournament. So hanging out with a lot of hockey guys, a lot of alum. Having dr- some drinks, having some Molson beers. Deadly. Um, we end up going to the social hall, and it's it's getting late in the night. And uh, I'm hanging out with a couple alum, Matt Struby, Sontag, a couple other guys. And this guy's walking around, and uh, he's, like, yelling at people in the restaurant. It's, like, probably 1.30 a.m. now. He's like, I'll race anyone in here. He's like, I'll, I'll bet you 100 bucks or 500 bucks. I don't give a shit. 
And uh, I'm, I lean over to Strubes. I'm like, should I race this guy? Because I know I, I'm pretty quick. And Strubes like, are you fast? I'm like, I don't know. I'm quick. You're Mark Messi of running yeah. or anything. <laughs> Always have a chance. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna do it. But I'm not gonna do it for the hundred bucks. I'm like, I'll do it just to embarrass you. That's what I told the guy. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, and he's wearing like New Balance runners. I got my golf shoes still on. Oh, great. So we go out, and a bunch of guys go out to Albert Street, right there. And uh, it's unbelievable. And uh, we're right in the middle of the street, and we're standing right in the crosswalk. They barricaded off. <laughs> we should we. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, he goes, all right. As soon as that far light turns red, we're going. Sure as shit, red light goes, and I'm cooking, and I got a hot start, <laughs> which is very not like me because I got slow boots on the ice. I got a bad first three steps, that ain't and. Good. Uh, I'm buzzing and I can hear him, but I know I got space on him. So for like the last, I want to say 30 meters, I had the Lady Liberty going. <laughs> I'm running with him one arm up in the air and the boys are going nuts just outside the social hall. They just thought it was hilarious. So I find out today, I was asking the guys about him. This guy ran track. He's a long distance runner and I toasted him. Suck it. <laughs> That's unreal. So yeah. basically now you're saying that you're, you're signed up for track this year. You're going to be a two-way athlete. Yeah, a two-way athlete. <laughs> And you weren't sober. So now imagine if you were sober. Oh, running. it was cooking. Oh, I love this stuff. It's perfect. Yep. All right, Rip. Let's go into some NHL talk quickly, as we always do, because, you know, we are a golf podcast, but we like to talk hockey too. Trades and buyouts. Uh, first up here, I, I believe it was a one-for-one. One. You'll correct me on this as you're the stat guy here. Yep. Uh, Duncan Keith for Caleb Jones. Oilers, or Jones going to the Hawks and... Keith going to the Oilers, yep. retaining $5 million and some sort of salary there. Uh, mm. Am I wrong there? No retaining salary. Okay. And Chicago also got a third. Okay, there it is. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so Keith, though, he's going there. Yep. Your thoughts on the trade and where do you see – because a lot of people online are going, oh, my gosh, this is so, so dumb. Those are, again, called hockey fans. Yep. Uh, let's break down where we think. I think we're on the same page of this trade. Yep. Uh, rip it down for us. Um. I, like I don't mind it. It's just it's whenever you get a name like Duncan Keith. Ever heard of him? Yeah, exactly. Three time Stanley Cup champ, but like people who are upset about it because he's getting old and he's got a big contract and dude, the Montreal Canadiens, they had a bunch of young guys. They brought in a couple winners from the past that are a little bit older. Corey Perry. Tafoli. Tafoli. Stahl. Right? These older guys. I guess Tafoli's not even that old, but no, but season they, they brought in they brought in winners that maybe aren't at their prime anymore. Yeah, and dude, look where it took them. They they just rode the wave off the young energy and these old guys just grinding away. And fuck, maybe that's what the Oilers need, right? They got the biggest name in hockey, and they can't find a way to get to the playoffs. Maybe this can do it. Yeah, I agree with that too. And and I, and I looked at it this point of view of Ken Holland when he was with the Wings for X amount of years and bringing guys in like the Shanahan's, the Chelioses, and the, the, the Brian Rafalski's at the times, the different yep. eras. You need sometimes those guys, like the Chiefs and the Seabrooks, those guys to really round out your room, I think. You, yep. know, you can have all the skill in the world and all the youth. You need some guys that have been there before, I think. I mean, you see it in junior hockey. You play junior hockey. I coach junior hockey. You see it every day that you need some guys that have been there that know, know how to handle a room, yep. know how to handle certain situations, you know, last minute of the ice or last minute of play, sorry, or whatever it is. Uh, I like the trade. Uh, I like Ken Holland. He's done wonders. What has he won? Five cups? Four cups? Maybe. For sure. Yeah. Lots. Um, yeah, that's a lot of range. So I like the trade. Uh, buyouts. Ryan Suter and Zach Parise both bought out from Minnesota. Yep. 
Uh, thoughts on that? Because I think they're making room for Kaprizov. Yeah, maybe. Or that could be one reason. And Or Fiala. they could be going into rebuild mode. Yes. Rebuild potentially if they don't get Kaprizov and Fiala signed. Yes. But yeah. That's, uh, I saw a tweet today, and it said this guy was like, here's a hunch. Like, They bought these guys out because they know they can't get Kaprizov. Is it Kaprizov? Kaprizov? Whatever. Maybe because there was Mika a room. Yeah. Because <laughs> maybe he's going back to A or to the K. Yeah. Because there was rumors about him going back anyways. Oh, really? So that, that could be a reason. What, uh, any more trades or anything else, else happened in the league? Uh, nothing that I know of. Where's Jack Echo going? I don't know. What, Jimmy? Jimmy said LA or LA. New York. He likes LA New or York. New York. Yeah, New York. Well, didn't no Jimmy didn't play in New York, did he? Just yes, Kevin did. Kevin did. Kevin did. Okay. Uh, well, that's our hockey talk then. Perfect. Already have more hockey talk. Stanley Cup champions. Champs. There it is. Bang. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Lightning win over the Montreal Canadiens. Rip thoughts on this series uh, and all the festivities that have begun. Yeah. Shocker that they won. Dude, these guys just dominate everyone. Yeah. It's like it's you see how good. Some other teams are, which I'm not. I'm not knocking Montreal, but like New York put up a real good fight. They were so close. Um, who else do they play? Fuck, I'm not sure, but yeah, like they just rolled through they everyone. Play, they played Carolina. Who played Carolina? I'm not sure. Just sound like idiots now. Yeah, let's move on from this. Um, <laughs> yeah, they just rolled over everyone, and uh, like Vasilevsky, he's a freak. So good. Yeah, so good. Is this Jared too big? <laughs> Clearly not. It's Con Smite, dude. He's got. Here's a stat. Stack guy rip. Vassy, oh, I like that. Vassy five straight shutouts in series clinching games. Oh. Yeah, you want to? You want? You want to know why they go back to back? There you go. Wow. All you gotta do is knowing that all you have to do is scoring one goal in game seven. You know you're gonna win. <laughs> like you're kidding. What uh, What are your thoughts on Kucherov wearing that shirt? I love it, dude. I, I don't know how people get mad at these guys for partying. Like, true. You just win. You how win the, the hardest ca- trophy in the world? Yeah. Dude, I could like. I remember when I won the BCHL, I was murdered, <laughs> murdered for two days. I could imagine winning the Stanley Cup. I wouldn't go home. Yeah. Well, in Tampa, why would you go home? Yeah, I, I, I just. And then, uh, well, yeah, they, they did the boat parade. They had Vasil- Vasilevsky's wearing the Conn Smite trophy on his head. <laughs> Really? I didn't, didn't see, see that? that. No, that's yeah, incredible. <laughs> Dude, do you see Pat Maroon and Kucherov both wearing the Dodfather hats? Yeah. That's pretty sick. Yeah. That's a huge that's uh, club for Carlton. And uh, the guy who scored the game winner. Oh, yeah. Oh, Carlton. Carlton. Ross Carlton. <laughs> Great goal, Ross. Did you Ross, Ross or Ross? I guess if you want to win a Stanley Cup, just wear a Dogfather hat. There it is. Go check out their uh, their hats today. Yeah, I don't there's know, a free the ad. Show. Yeah. There you go, Dale. Yeah, I'll send the invoice later. Cause <laughs> okay, let's jump on to some PGA talk here. Uh, the John Deere was this past weekend, and our winner was Lucas Glover. Wins by two over Ryan Moore. Did you watch any golf this weekend, Rip? Um, I did not because I watched golf all week at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I just took care of myself. I didn't. I haven't watched TV lately. I've been. I've been at the course lots and at the rink. So. Which is fair. Yeah, which is fair. I do have, yeah, I got the, I got the winnings here. It's minus 19, Lucas Glover. The Canadians, Nick Tyler tied for 28th at minus 11. David Taylor. Hearn. 
Nick, Nick Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. David Hearn tied for 50th at minus 7, and Roger Sloan 70th at plus 1. All right, there it is. The boys. Well, and that gears up for this week. The 149th Open Championship being played at Royal St. George's. Rip, let's walk through this attorney uh, quickly. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Open? Who do you like? And maybe the last question I'll ask you, it's a three-parter here. The conditions are always tough. Um, you know, that's why I love this tournament. Troy mentioned a couple podcasts ago that he loves the Open as well. What, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on the, on the Open this week? Very excited. It's always good to watch a major. The purse, major week. The purse at over $10 million. Are you kidding me? Is that any good? That's nuts. I like John Rom. I think he's he's hot as a pistol right now, and he'll come in flying. Oh, yeah, he's good. Yeah. That's it? That's it. What about you? Dude, I even looked at the roster, but I'm going team answer, team Abe. Yeah. Dale's back on the bag yeah, at the is. Open. So um, back. Yeah, I I want them to play really well. Abe's a good player in those kind of conditions. He's a good player in general. Yeah. But with wind and rain, you know, he doesn't hit it very far, but he's so accurate. So I think that'll be a good group to watch. Uh, is Jordan Spieth playing? I would think so. Spieth is playing. Spieth's playing. Bubba yeah. Watson's not playing, though. He reported that they're not mm. playing, I believe, a close COVID contact, Oops. I believe. So they're gone. Unfortunately, I talked to Ted the other day, but they're not playing. Uh, Rip, what else before we go into our guests today? Or two guests. What else? Um, I got nothing. Hopefully a Brooksy Bryson will keep going here. Oh. That Get would some be nice. more drama in golf. That'd be perfect for the yeah. game. I love it. That'd be good stuff. Oh, uh, the UFC fights. Oh Con- yeah. Conor McGregor just snapped his leg in half. So is Conor McGregor done? Like, I mean, I watched that. I didn't watch it, but I saw the highlights and his legs in hundred pieces. I, I, maybe you can walk me through this. Joe Rogan was on the ground with him, like laying beside him, his legs yeah. like sideways. Like, like, is Conor McGregor done fighting? Like, is that kind of a way, like, he's one of the best of all time, they say, that he's kind of on his way out? I don't know. He's retired, like, three times. True. And he's got all the money in the world because he just puts on a show and, you know, he. I don't think he's, that's how, he, who he actually is. Like, he's an asshole. <laughs> like, the way, and I love it, too. He's, uh, he's my favorite guy, but he hasn't won very much lately and <laughs> his broken leg. I saw, he posted an Insta post. He said, I'll be back in six months. So... I'd retire. Yeah. That thing looked hurting. Like I almost peaked the other day. Someone sent me a photo, and I was like, I don't even see. I'm like, oh, there it is. Dude, it's I'm, backwards. I'm pretty sure it was broken for most of the fight. Really? Yeah. Oof. You could you can kind of tell. If you if you watch the highlights, he kicks a guy in the leg, and his his leg kind of like wraps around it. But it doesn't, fu- it doesn't fully snap. It kind of like pops back in and sits there for a while, and then <laughs> snap. Shank. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a battle. Yeah. Well, whenever you break your leg in front of millions of people. And then the guy just continues to beat the shit out of you. You just beat the fuck out of you. It's UFC. <laughs> Dude, these UFC guys are just animals. I couldn't do it. No. <laughs> no chance. No chance. I was, terrible, like, I was terrible at boxing in grade 8, let alone doing that. Yeah, I remember doing boxing with uh, like one of Linder's trainers in Shaunavan, and Dude, these boxers are freaks. Oh, I can imagine. They just, they're just workhorses, and they'll be like 130 pounds. Just kick the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. All right, Rip. Uh, this has been a great intro today. Obviously, we're missing another two boys here, but let's go into our two guests today. First one will be Roman Timmerman, as we mentioned at the top of the, the podcast, from Riverside Golf Country Club, a Saskatoon boy. Won the men's amateur this past week up in Speedy Creek, swept current at Elmwood. 
uh, was it minus 26, I believe I said? Minus, minus 26. 26. And record-breaking week, an unbelievable week for him. So a great chat with him and hope you guys enjoy it. Then joined by Chris Terry, uh, OHL champ, a huge golfer. He's played over 100 games in the NHL. So much more. Uh, Rip, I think it's time we send over, over to our listeners. Let's do it. Hope you guys enjoy it. Off the Huzzle is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter and Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle, engineered for exceptional versatility, so it'll be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter & Buck on all their social media platforms. Alrighty, we are pleased to be joined by Roman Timmerman, the reigning 2021 Sask Men's Amateur Champion this past week up in Swift Current at the Elmwood Golf Course. Roman, thanks for jumping on the podcast today, man. Thanks for having me, boys. Roman, it's been a long time coming. We want to have you on for a long time, but now you're here. You had a record-breaking week. But first, before we get into all that, let's talk about school a little bit, playing golf down south. You play a lot of golf throughout the year. You come back to playing Swift. Uh, what sorts of things were you doing in preparation for the amateur? I feel like like I have a great opportunity while I'm at school to really to really get get good practice in. Um, we have great facilities where I'm at, and especially during like the winter time. Um, being able to play all year round has has really helped, and I think has has uh, contributed to my success during the summer here. So you end up shooting minus 26. Like you're a psycho. One, you eat pizza with a fork and knife. So that's incredible. <laughs> but you end up beating uh, a guy named Grain Dillette. Um, ever heard of him? His record of minus 21, I believe it was. Or was it minus 22? Either way, you end up beating it by a few shots. Um, you know, you shoot minus seven day one and then minus nine day two. Walk us through what's going through your brain uh, after you shoot seven under day one and then kind of day two following up with the, uh, an even better round. Yeah, well, I I had no idea about that about that record. Um, I really didn't know until until after the final round. But yeah, the 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 first two rounds were were pretty cool. I felt like like I was in a little bit of a zone, um, just trying to make as many birdies as possible. I felt like the the course course suited me pretty well. Um, I had a good good game plan going into the week, and uh, yeah, man, it was. It was pretty cool just just getting in that zone the second round. After that first round, um, I really wasn't expecting expecting that for the second round, but just just to get things rolling and, and finish strong that second round was was pretty cool. Yeah, so Rip and I had plans too to play pretty well, and we had a game plan. We were focused, but uh, after we saw your round of seven under day one, we kind of both looked at each other and said, hey, maybe we'll just compete for the mid-am. The, the only <laughs> game plan that went our way was our Friday night. Or Thursday night. Yeah, only the, the first round was good. And then Thursday night, we had fun. But uh, Rome's, I don't know. I guess the, the kind of question I want to ask is, I mean, and you probably see a lot of guys down south that play and practice every day that play pro golf. You know, shooting those kind of numbers, you, you allow yourself to be in contention every week, I would say, on the pro tour. 
where do you see yourself after going back to school for one more year, uh, where you're at with, with your game? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like this, this week kind of, um, gave me like a, I don't know. It, it, it felt, felt cool just to see, see that I could like really shoot those numbers, see like those guys, um, down there playing, playing pro golf, they're shooting these numbers every, every day, every week it's taken 25, 2600 to win. So just to know that I can, I can do that and, and hopefully compete on those stages is, is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, after school, I'm gonna, gonna give it a shot. Hopefully, hopefully play maybe Canadian tour or some other tours down, tours down there. So, so I'm excited, man. So before we get into that, I do want to ask, I mean, obviously, you know, Ty's won his championship last year. Cade won, has won his, you know, what did it mean to you to win this tournament this past week up in Swift? Um, yeah. I mean, maybe just for you and your family. Yeah, it was cool. Um, put, put in a lot of hard work going into this and just seeing, seeing Cade and, and Ty, I'm so close with those guys and to see those guys, those guys have that success, success. It was, uh, it was, it was really awesome. Um, they've, they've, they've really been supportive and yeah, man, I can't, I can't thank those guys enough for just pushing me in, um, every day. And yeah, it's been awesome. So what's the plan now? Obviously, I mean, you're going, you're going back to school for one more year and then like you've now earned a spot in the McKenzie tour up in Elkridge there in this summer. Are you planning to play in that event? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely play in that event. Um, I think I'm just going to delay my, my trip down south um a couple weeks and stay here until uh i guess that term is september 6th so leave right after that go down to school and finish my finish my school up there awesome okay rome some questions have came in from today uh steven olescu has asked best score at riverside best score at riverside um unofficial 64 it was it was was it last year? But we had a temp green on, on nine, so it didn't count. Well, which still, sucked, man. Still, still did playing though. Brutal. Uh, another one here from M L E S B S A C K six. Uh, I can't get the name here, but any certain routine you follow before a tournament or just regular golf? Um, not necessarily. It kind of depends on the week. Um, I mean, at school, it's not really really up to up to me when we show up to the course it's more up to uh up to our coach so it's a little different there but when i'm here and i have my own schedule i'll usually just just show up maybe 50 minutes before get some putts in hit some balls and then back to the putting green and then to the first tee it's pretty simple i don't try to try to overcomplicate things you want to say that again so i can write that down <laughs> i think you're doing you're doing well enough coach <laughs> All right, one more here from Taylor Asseth. Congrats on not only the win, but the new record that came with that. You've been in spots to go super low before, I'm sure. Mentally, what was different this time to you to keep going low over four days? It's a good question. Um, man, I just tried. I just tried to to just stick to what I was doing. I didn't. I didn't try to try to overthink anything. I was just staying in the moment. Um, kind of got in a little bit of. A little bit of a groove and i knew that that the back nine at at swift was scorable yeah um so i just tried to try to really take advantage of those of those holes and uh yeah it was it was a, a different week than than i've ever had before um 
was a different feeling that I've ever had. And it was, it was cool. It was really cool. Awesome. Rose. I have one more. I'm not sure if Rip has any questions. Uh, after you go back to school for one more year here, will you be coming back to defend your title or going right to pro? That's a good question. I'm, I haven't thought that far yet, coach. Next question. I haven't thought that far. You should, you should just go pro. And let me have a chance. Uh, I would, I would, I would love to play, play another, another summer circuit, man. Like these tournaments are so awesome. I love, love coming to the AM, seeing all, all you boys. It's, it's really fun. It, yeah, I find it so fun. Like I, I'm starting to come to them and just meeting all the boys. Like it's a good crew. You guys yeah, it's, it, it's different than, than any other province. I think like yeah. all of us are so tightly knit. Yeah, everyone and, gets along. Yeah, and, like, you don't get a bad grouping in a tournament, man. Like, everybody is so nice, so supportive. So, it's – I wish I could play this, like, the rest of my life. It's it's so much fun. So, when you're down south, are there assholes or what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean – Not the name names. You can just say, yeah, there's guys that are – Yeah, I mean, there's guys that you that you don't necessarily look forward to, to mm. playing with. But – yeah. Um, I feel like it's a little different down there. Guys are a little more, a little more serious. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But there's not, there's not anybody that I, that I despise playing with down there. You don't got Ziggy ripping. Uh, we don't got, we don't got any, we don't got any Ziggies. We don't got any Ziggies <laughs> down at school. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, Roms. Uh, like I said, we appreciate coming on today. Uh, we're happy for you. Congrats again on our record breaking week as they've been calling it. And it is. Uh, Roman, your 2021 uh, Sask Men's Amateur Champion. Uh, best of luck rest of the way. Hey, let's see the trophy. Yeah, let's see the trophy. Yeah. There it is. Look at that thing. Sick. Unreal. All right. Thanks, Roman. Thanks, thanks for so much, me. buddy. Congrats, Roman. Take All care. Right, talk this episode of Off the Hosel is brought to you by Last Mountain Distillery. Last Mountain Distillery is family owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan the heart of green country. Our success lies in our commitment to producing high-quality, handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling, naturally-infused dill pickle vodka, which is on sale all month long at many places across the province. Also, don't forget to try out their new hibiscus lime vodka, only made by Last Mountain Distillery. Alrighty, we are pleased to be joined by a guy that is from Brampton, Ontario. He drafted in the fifth round to the Canadians. He played in 152 NHL games with the Montreal Canadiens and the Hurricanes. He's an OHL champ with the Plymouth Whalers, and he's currently playing overseas. He's an avid golfer in the summers, so we're pleased to have on today, Chris Terry. Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Nothing better than having a guy that plays hockey and a guy that plays golf. Nothing better, so... (laughs) Uh, we're happy to have you on today, Chris. I appreciate the invite. Uh, two of my favorite sports. Golf is uh, right up there for me. Absolutely, yeah. That's kind of our sports too. Yeah, hockey and golf, and we uh, we're fairly good at both of them, I'd say. Hey, Rip. Very average. Very average at both. Yeah. Uh, Chris, man, first up, what's new with you? What's happened in your life? We know, obviously, we know that you played your past season here over in the KHL, but. Uh, with COVID and whatnot, it's kind of, you know, COVID's kind of on its way out, which is good to see, but what's new with you and what's going on? Yeah, it was a interesting year, obviously going to the KHL. Um, my wife was pregnant. Um, she was due in beginning of May. So 
COVID with the AHL and the NHL and timing. Um, KHL just worked out. I ended up only going, I left Christmas day and was back in March. So I played the uh, last third of the season and playoffs. Um, fortunately, I was home for the birth of our son, Brooks. Uh, came a month early in April. So uh, daddy duties a lot. Uh, my rounds of golf have probably uh, significantly gone down, but uh, I'm back out playing a little more. He's, he's getting a little older. So stay at home uh, training. I live, uh, I live in Michigan in the summer. Um, actually right next uh, to the where the Plymouth Whalers used to play. So my wife's from here. So uh, we call here home in the summer and just training and working out and uh, playing as much golf as I can. Well, congrats on the kid and the sex. <laughs> Thank you. So that's awesome. To, to <laughs> hear. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here at any point, but growing up in Brampton, is that correct? Correct. Yep. So, what was that like? And, you know, what was a young Chris Terry doing uh, as a youngster growing up in Brampton? Um, I played hockey from a young age, uh, four or five. Uh, the Brampton Battalion came into the OHL maybe when I was around eight or nine. And I played my youth hockey all through uh, Brampton before jumping down to uh, the GTHL, the Greater Toronto Hockey League. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I grew up dying to play in the OHL. Uh, I was a huge battalion fan. Uh, my dad used to take me to Sunday games all the time. Uh, I think my dad wanted me to go college route a little more. Uh, pushed me to, we went and saw U of M and University of North Dakota. But uh, funny story, actually, I was drafted. We were, we, this is got 16 years ago now, but uh, we didn't, we had to put uh, like the draft was online and my dad put it on like a projection screen and uh, I got drafted and uh, my, my dad turned to my mom and said, where's Plymouth? And <laughs> neither of them knew they had to look on a map and realize it was in Michigan. And um, yeah, my first training camp when I was 16, my dad's like, just go, you know, they're going to tell you to go home and play junior a and Brampton and Bramley had a junior a team. So, uh, I was looking forward to playing for one of them and uh, we got there and can't finish and we had an exit meeting and GM's like, all right, so uh, we set you up with this billet, you know, you have to be back here. And I swear my dad's jaw hit the floor. He's like, wait, <laughs> you want him to play this year? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, this year. So it was, uh, things happened really fast at that time, but uh, yeah, it was for the best and it was awesome. I, I loved every second of it. So, you know, before obviously the junior came, you put up quite the points in minor midget and then continue that success in the junior, as we all know, on, you know, the lead prospects. Uh, when did you kind of figure out, hey, I could probably do this for a career? Probably 16. not until I signed. No, when I, I mean, it was just a huge honor and feat to make an OHL team. Uh, my first year was a good year. I actually tore my ACL the last game of the playoffs. So it was kind of a miserable summer rehabbing five months. And then my second year was my NHL draft year. And I had a slow start. Um, fortunately, it was the year we won the, the OHL and went to the Memorial Cup. Um, was drafted in the fifth round and 
you know, I was disappointed at the time, but didn't realize what it meant to be drafted at all. So I look back on that and probably took it for granted. Uh, but now I realize, you know, what an honor and feat that was. And um, even my next two years of junior, I, I, I was just enjoying myself. I, I loved the game. Obviously, I, I wanted to be a pro, but I don't think I ever realized it until I actually signed my, my first pro contract. And my first year playing pro in Al Albany, uh, it was an eye opener to, to see the day to day grind, what it is to, to be a pro and, um, you know, to go to know you're going up against men who have kids who are putting food on the table by doing this for a living. And, yeah. you know, I was only 20, so I was still enjoying life and, and doing a lot of things away from the rink that were a lot of fun. And, uh, so probably right around when I turned pro was when I realized, you know, this is a living, this is what I'm going to do to, you know, make income for X amount of years. Yeah. Rip. Um, so you mentioned you go on to win an OHL championship in the 06 or seven season. And, uh, you go on to the Memorial cup in Vancouver, which funny story, I was there too at that time. Um, just walk us through winning that championship and playing in, uh, in the memory. Uh, it was wild. Um, that whole season, uh, we got off to a horrendous start. We were like five and 12 and, and we had a game in Belleville on a, or sorry, Kingston on a Sunday. And we played in Belleville Saturday and all the guys who were 19 went out to the bar and just, we were just in a very bad slump and it was like, you know, the guys just got to go out. We got to break this. Well, they got caught. And uh, the next game we played at two o'clock in Kingston and our coach sat every guy that went out. We dressed <laughs> seven, seven forwards, four D and two goalies. And oh he made my. us play. So I wasn't 19. So I didn't go out, but I, so I had to play the game and he got in trouble by the league. It was a little embarrassing, but uh, from that point on, we went on a tear and uh, ended up winning our division finishing second in the conference. And I just remember the final series against Sudbury. Um, Sudbury is a hockey city up Northern Ontario and the fans are wild there. And uh, Winning game six uh, was just crazy. Um, James Neal scored and place went pretty quiet, but pretty loud for us. And then the trip back, we, you know, we chartered a plane. So that was my first time uh, on a charter plane and we were drinking and, and it was just, crazy party um wild party when we got back and just celebrating and then uh memorial cup was awesome i hadn't been to vancouver i don't think as a growing up i guess i think i went as a kid so i didn't really remember it yeah. um what a city though downtown we were walking around and um the building was electric every yeah. game we didn't we didn't show that well um but what a great trip uh it was awesome. My parents came out and a lot of families of the players did. And uh, just a very cool experience that I'll never forget. Yeah. That tournament had so many big names too, that like the medicine hat team and the Vancouver team. And you like, yeah, there were so many big names that moved on to the NHL that played there that year. It was wild. So I, um, Darren Helm, I trained with uh, here in Michigan and he was on that medicine hat team. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about that in the past and, there was 
I mean, just in our team alone, James Neal, Jared Bull, Michael Neuverth, yeah. Darren Helm, Milan Lucic was in the tournament, uh, Tyler Ennis. Yeah. Like it was. 16-year-old Evander Kane was there. Chris Russell. Yep. Yeah, Chris yeah. Russell. Sestito. Jonathan, Sestito, Jonathan Bernier, and David Perron on yeah. the Quebec team. So, yeah, it was uh, – I mean, those are memories I'll never forget. I, you know, I could list off all the players and the games we lost, and uh, pretty cool to to see those guys have such uh, great success in the NHL. So, Chris, I, I do want to backtrack just a quick one here. Obviously, you played for Plymouth. Uh, you were the captain for a couple seasons, and you ripped it up. You know, I think ninety six points, and then you had a hundred point season in in one year. Both great, great years. Uh, when did you really start to figure it out? and really gain that confidence is obviously, you know, you got drafted, you know, you have to kind of separate yourself from everyone else that's been drafted in the NHL as well. And everyone else that's playing in the OHL wants to play pro hockey. You obviously took it to a whole nother level by scoring X amount of points. Uh, just walk us through, you know, all that confidence that you must've gained. Yeah. Uh, it, I give a lot of credit to my coach in Plymouth, Mike Vellucci, my second year, uh, slow start off knee surgery and, we had a stacked team and I was a 17 year old kid and he played me uh, on the second line with Michael Ryder. I'm sure you remember that name. Oh, yeah. uh, I was on, I was on the first power play unit um, playing the point. And at first, you know, I'm like, what's this guy, what's this guy thinking? But um, each game just kind of snowballed to, to gain confidence. And I was playing a prominent role on a very dominant team um, at a young age. And it, it just propelled the confidence to continue the next year, obviously in junior, as you guys know, there's a lot of turnover with guys aging out and moving on. And yep. so we were, we were a very young team the next year, but I had gained that confidence and maturity from learning from those guys to kind of take a bit, you know, a bit of personality from every guy to see, try to mold into who I wanted to be. And, um, you know, I think the confidence from that second year just kind of carried over in the third year. And uh, my role grew to be even bigger on a younger team. And uh, we, we made the playoffs that year. We were, you know, near the bottom. It was kind of to be expected with the guys we lost. But uh, it, it definitely was a lot of fun for me to, to gain more confidence, to play a, a dominant role, be the, that go-to guy at, at 18 years old. It, it obviously helped me move forward to where I am today, but even uh, into my final year junior when uh, probably one of my best years, if not my best year in, in my four-year career there. So Chris, now jumping to the next and probably most important draft of your professional career, uh, fifth round to the Montreal Canadiens in 2007. It's a two-part question here. Um, you know, first, how special was that for you and your family? And then second, you wait quite some time getting your first NHL game, and I believe it was 2012 with the Hurricanes. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong at any point, but walk us through that experience as well. Uh, so I was drafted by the Hurricanes, actually. I, I played with pick. Montreal later in my career. Um, nice. Yeah, so uh, the draft was in Columbus. It was like a five-hour drive from Brampton. Uh, I was rated to go in the fourth to fifth round or third to fifth round and my parents wanted to go and I was skeptical and we ended up going anyways. So we went the second day to Saturday and sat there and, you know, I watched a lot of peer, you know, peers or colleagues that I played with or played against get drafted in second, the third round. 
and I started getting really antsy. Uh, started the fourth, almost frustrated, pissed off yeah. that yeah, you know, I hadn't gone, and I was ready to leave. I told my dad like middle of the fourth, I'm like, let's go, and um, thankfully that's why we have good parents, and uh, we stayed. And obviously, once you hear your name called, you forget about all that, you know, bullshit. I don't like yeah. to say that yeah, here, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all that bullshit that you were thinking about before and and you get to walk down on the draft floor and they hand you a jersey and uh you know what I thought was really cool is like I was a fifth rounder but I did all the media stuff in the back and the pictures and so it was really cool how they treated you um went up to Carolina suite uh that was the year they won the cup so Rod Brindamore was there um it, or sorry it was a year after they won because they had their Stanley Cup rings right. there and yeah uh, we were checking them out and um yeah just a surreal experience um out to dinner after and, and the celebration you know obviously how hard you've worked but um to have my parents there my sister was there uh to know the sacrifices that they've done to you know see a goal achieved of this level was uh you know pretty cool to be a part of Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're going the, I mean, this has come from me, but I mean, from a first round pick to a, yep. what is it? Seven rounds in the NHL draft. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. mean, either way, it's, I mean, you're still there and you know, I didn't get drafted nor did a rip, but I mean, that's still impressive. And, uh, but I do want to bring up and I could be wrong again here. Uh, you scored your first goal in those three games with the hurricanes. Is that correct? Sorry. Yes. I forgot the second part. Yeah. So I played, um, my first, uh, three years pro uh, in the HL, Albany, and then they moved their team to Charlotte the next two years. I played every game, all three seasons. Uh, each year was progressively getting better. Um, yeah. My fourth year in March, yeah, I got uh, after practice in Charlotte. Coach called me in and said, all right, you know, it's your time. You're calling me up. And, you know, you wait for it a long time. I thought I had deserved it for a while. I felt like I had progressed and developed and played well. And I uh, just remember my um, wife now, girlfriend at the time, was living with me. So she was my first call. I said, you know, whatever you're doing, pack a bag. We're driving two and a half hours up to Raleigh. I called my parents and they couldn't believe it. Uh, they had a flight booked before I even uh, got home to leave. But uh, just the the day itself, something one of those days you'll just never forget. I remember going through pregame skate, and you know a lot of very veteran guys were very um, generous and kind, and coming up and saying, "Hey, like just enjoy it. Like don't worry what happens. Like you're here for a reason, kind of thing. You know, let let your instincts take over." And yeah, sure enough, in the second period. Uh, I got alone in front and uh, beat uh, Hedberg five hole. And if you watch the video, it's kind of embarrassing. My celebration, it's like <laughs> I I had like, I was so excited. I was going to go jump into the glass, but then I kind of like panicked and didn't and didn't know what to do. So I just like bump into it. And luckily Eric Stahl gets there very fast or else I probably could embarrass myself a little more, but uh, kind of a blackout moment where I don't really know what was happening, but uh a lot of excitement. Um, my parents, sister, and uh, girlfriend were all there. So pretty cool experience. Um, one I look back on, and obviously they, I have the puck, and it, it's pretty cool to, you know, sit here today, 12 years later, 
um, into my pro career and and just remember, you know, that excitement and, and just what it meant to play in the NHL for for the first time and, and obviously score. And luckily enough, I think it ended up being the game winner. We ended up winning 4-2 and scored the third. So it was uh, it was a special day, no doubt. See, I love these stories. Like, I, I love, like, getting called – the guys that get called off and then they, they go through the whole warm-ups and the pregame. Like, like let, let's walk through – warm-ups like what's going through your brain out there like i would just be like oh there's a lot of people watching me right now warm-up coach is the warm-up king by the way yeah like if i could play one game in the show and just get scratched like just do warm-ups but hey you're out tonight that's me i'm that guy (laughs) so i actually i'm getting dressed and you know who knows where my head is i'm i'm nervous i'm excited and i i you know put my lower half on and i put my elbow pads on and I like stand up and I put my Jersey on and I go to grab my helmet. And like, I realized I haven't put my shoulder pads on. Like I'm, I'm, I'm obviously just nervous as can be like, Holy shit. Like take off my sweater real quick. Hopefully nobody saw that. So obviously uh, I was pretty nervous, but uh, warmups, it's like a blackout moment. Like the tunes are buzzing and you're buzzing around out there, high stepping in the NHL and um, (laughs) out of the corners. Yeah. And you're just honestly, at times you're trying not to get in the way because guys have routines, what they do and rituals. And this is your first warmups with this team. And you're like, just, you know, don't, don't hit Eric Stahl or something or Tim (laughs) Gleason, they'll kill you. So uh, tried to stay out of the way, tried to, you know, still be ready and, I don't think it came anywhere within 10 feet of the red line. That's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it was fun. I mean, the building was, um, it was at a high point in Carolina when yeah. the, the crowds were electric coming off, you know, not too many years after the Stanley cup. So pretty cool experience and just, uh, yeah, buzzing around and, and trying not to get in anybody's way pretty much. Did you wear a Bucky and did, and did you do a solo lap? Uh, I wore a helmet and did not. So that, that came in, that kind of started. Wow. No soul. Uh, within the last five years, that wasn't, uh, it wasn't really, I don't know. It did, they didn't do that back, whatever it was eight years ago. And, but I didn't do either, but, uh, I, I did later in my career when I was playing with the hurricanes full time, a couple of games in Toronto go no Bucky for warmies uh, just for my buddies and stuff at home. And it was about the only time I felt I could do that. So for the Fox Jones. Oh yeah. That's what I live for. That's yeah. unbelievable. I love that. I love those stories. Uh, Actually before uh, in the AHL you used to be able to go no Bucky and warmies until Taylor Hall fell and split his head with all the stitches. So, you yeah, know, we used to play three and threes Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon game. And, Sunday afternoon, you're barely awake, you know, your body hurts and yeah. can barely get through, uh, you know, like off ice warm up to get going for the game. So going, uh, no helmet for warm ups there, that fresh air hitting your face wakes you up. That was, uh, that was always what I used it for. I love this. All right, Chris. Well, I do want to talk about now where you're at. You played, like you mentioned earlier, uh, your first year in the KHL. Uh, we've had on, you know, Tim Stapleton, good buddy of ours. Um, first, how's that experience over there? And you must have some good stories from the KHL thus far. Yeah, overall, it was a good experience. Um, fortunately, I had five other North American players on the team. So um, that helped a lot. 
uh, coaching staff spoke English um, goes a long way. That the hockey is the hockey is really good. I mean, it's it's fast. Um, the skill level, the depth of skill level throughout the lineup is um, tremendous. Like it's like your fourth line players have high end skill still. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Um, it's just wild. Like sometimes you play on an NHL rink. And then uh, they remove the Olympic size rink, but they play on the finish, which is uh, so the NHL is 26 feet wide. Yep. And then the finish goes to 28. So it doesn't matter. Like for me, like road games, I'm like, hey, what are we playing on tonight? Like I never knew what we were playing <laughs> on. So playing on um, grass or playing on whatever. They exactly. Call it, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was treated well. Um, you know, the amenities and locker room, I'd say. 50% of the team couldn't speak, a, you know, lick of English. There was three guys on the team that could speak fluent English. So that helped, um, you know, my first game, the coach comes in to do his pregame speech, just rips off Russian, just goes, you know, all Russian pregame speech. And like us five imports kind of sitting near each other, comes over, he goes, uh, play well tonight and walks out. <laughs> so like he had, he had a, tr a very like high trust level for the imports. Um, Cause whatever he said in Russian, he summarized into about six words. So what he said to us. So uh, the travel is a bitch. Um, oh, yeah. You can Sucks. fly to a time zone. That's like seven hours ahead of you over by China. So China had a team this year, but they played out of Moscow because of COVID. Yeah, but there's a team Amur, which is like almost on the border of China. So, fortunately, I missed that trip. I wasn't there yet, but uh, I heard some horror stories. Um, it, it's just crazy. Like, I brought all my gear just because I I didn't know how they'd be able to get stuff there mid-season. So when guys get new sticks there, they just use pro, like stock sticks out of the pro shop. So the equipment guy just goes down to the pro shop and grabs like a sacket or yeah, a jury. E92. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, was kind of funny. Uh, just coming from like, you know, the routine here of pretty much every guy getting their own stick they yeah, wanted. So you get what you asked for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was some, we had this one flight into Chelly Binks and we land, we were landing at like 2 a.m. And it had to be 60 mile an hour winds. And we, the oxygen mass actually came down. Not all of them, just one of them. But I mean, I've never white knuckle grabbed something so tight than that, those like armrests on my seat. Like it was, uh, it was just a very bad weather night. And like R Russia is so cold. There's so much snow. Like it is, it's kind of miserable in the winter. Like you got to dress warm and, you're not, you don't go outside unless you're walking into the rink. So it was, uh, overall a good experience. I, I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I was only there for three months, but, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And I think for a lot of different reasons, but I think there could be other experiences that could yep. guys could have some different perspectives. So do you plan on going back at all or? Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a good one. yeah. I don't think so this season. Um, I'm not closing the door, but with a newborn baby, I don't yeah. think uh, my wife is high on moving us over there. So I think uh, in a perfect world, I'd probably like to stay over here back in the HL this year. Yeah. Um, it was just a bad year with COVID and screwing up salaries and 
guys were only getting paid 50% in the American League. So mm-hmm. it was a good time to go. But um, I would go back in a couple of years for sure. Um, I have a better lay of the land now over there. I feel like I, I know what teams, what cities are nice. And um, frankly, there's a lot of good cities. I mean, Moscow is incredible. Like they have – so they had – they had six teams play out of Moscow. Moscow's huge, 20 million people. Wow. <laughs> they got four, four airports. So That's um, it, it was cool, though. I mean, the city we lived in, we were treated well. Uh, we were about an hour flight from Moscow. The further you get away from Moscow, obviously, the less English. But Moscow was very international. Um, when you go out to dinner, you could get an English menu. But we used uh, a lot of Google Translate on our phone when we were out to dinner in uh, our city. So, Chris, did you play against uh, Nigel Dawes at all over there this past year? I did. Uh, he was on Akbar's. We played them in the first round, actually. He's a K. Uh, yeah, they love him. There. He's like a he's a KHL legend. He's. Uh, I mean, he still gets it done. I think he's a couple years older than me, but I know he's been over there a long time. His points per game is incredible. Like he's a He's he's so hard to play against, and he's got such good offensive touch. Uh, they came up short. I think they lost in the conference finals or finals this year. But uh, yeah, he still gets it done. He, he's a good player over there, first power play unit. And uh, I don't know him at all, but uh, he's a heck of a player. Former Kootenai Ice player, and he was nasty. Yeah, Chris, uh, we gotta talk some golf here before we go into our segment called "Questions from the Gallery." Um, your Twitter bio says you're an avid golfer. We've talked off air. You're not avid golfer. Uh, where's your golf game at? Obviously, you have a newborn. Uh, but, yeah, what's your handicap? Uh, what's your game at right now? Uh, my index, 1.6. Um, All right. So, you're, they say you're only as good as your last shift. So, I'll, I'll tell you this story. I'm as, only as good as my last round. So, I played uh, I played a qualifier yesterday for the – called the GAM Championship. It's the Golf Association of Michigan. It's very comparable to the Michigan Am. Mm-hmm. Uh, grinded my way through the rain yesterday, turned two over, got it back to even par on nine, looked at the leaderboards for 10 spots. It said, uh, I quickly glanced, like it's Golf Genius app, you know, on your phone. Yep. And I, uh, I looked and said, plus one was the cut. And it's a par three, 200 all carry so i'm like all right try to make a par but don't do anything stupid here and, and just get in it if you got to make a bogey you got to make a bogey well i ended up making bogey and i was in a playoff so i shot 71 and it was a five for three and i bogeyed the second hole and it's the second year in a row that i've lost in a playoff so i'm a choke artist in the playoff apparently but uh <laughs> hey that sounds like uh, me, Chris. that's exactly what i do <laughs> we're good till the but, end we had a tough week yeah but, uh, yeah, my golf game is I uh, belong to Western Golf and Country Club, so play there uh, quite, quite a bit in the summer. I think last year I posted over 100 scores. Uh, oh, this geez. year is going to be significantly less. So when I say have a golfer, I, 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 used, I play a lot. Uh, this summer's a little different, but uh, the last three, four years I've been in a little more competitive golf. Last year I qualified for the Michigan AM. And I got an exemption into the GAM championship last year. So I've, uh, I've enjoyed competitive golf. Obviously it, it's, I have competitive juices that come from hockey and uh, I love the compete. I love the grind of, you know, making a, 
I made a double yesterday and still shot one over. So I love the chase of birdies and, and yep. trying to get around back on track. So uh, my game has improved a lot in probably six, seven years. So seven years ago, I joined this club I'm at now. I started as a eight, nine index and I've been as low as a plus 0.7, but uh, I've also learned that you cannot win money as a plus. No. Nope. So. I like to keep the cap right around one one to two. Me and Coach just got shelled a couple of weeks ago by a couple of high handicappers, and we I'm shot a, well yeah. too. I'm a plus two, Chris, and I find it harder every day to even get a sniff to get to 18. It's it's uh oh, it's a battle. It's, yeah, it's uh, and nothing worse when a guy's at a 14 and shoots like 74. Guy just four for threes you all, all day. day. It's a joke. <laughs> I was playing with a guy yesterday. He's uh. He had their member member at their club and he's a plus one and he dunked it for a hole in one. It was a one for two. <laughs> couldn't be, I couldn't believe the story was as he's telling me, he was telling me so casual. So like <laughs> calm. negative two. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you made a hole in one. He's like, yeah. I'm like, but he's like, I made a one for two. Like that was the easiest hole in the course. I'm like, you made a hole in one, man. Like, let's just talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. Uh, Chris, are, are you a righty or lefty? I'm a lefty. So I, uh, I shoot left in hockey, but my dad, uh, my dad was a lefty growing up. That was the clubs I was given and that's what I swung. And uh, it's kind of nice. I don't know what way you guys swing, but uh, right. it's been right. The, the lefty game's growing a lot more. I don't know if you guys noticed, there's a lot more lefties in there's amateur too many. golf. Absolutely. There's too many of you guys. Too many weirdos. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, probably eat pizza uh, with a fork and knife, Chris. <laughs> uh, I do not do that, but I, I will say we're a little weird as lefties. But I'll be honest, though. When I do watch a left-hander that has a nice swing, yeah, they're unbelievable. It looks it, smooth. It, it looks like it's on TV. Like, they're so yeah. cool to watch. But, yeah. Butter zone. The butter zone. All right, let's go into our questions from the gallery, sponsored by Molson Coors. Coors Seltzer is on a mission helping restore fresh water to Canada's rivers through change the course foundation. Enjoy the course seltzer mixer pack with four great flavors, black cherry, mango, grapefruit, and lemon lime. All right. We already asked your handicap. So we'll go to your lowest round ever, Chris. 69. Only time I've broken 70. Dinner for two. Uh, favorite <laughs> course you've, you've ever played. Uh, Probably uh, Muirfield Village. Wow. Where's that? Pro uh, Ohio. It's where the, the Memorial Tournament is, Jack Nicklaus right. Tournament. Yep. But there's – so I got to play with Jason Day there, so it was probably more the experience of that. And of the course is incredible, but it was probably uh, more the experience than, than anything. Wow. So. That guy Absolutely. has unreal style. Yeah. He's the mm -hmm. nicest – human being I've ever met. He, uh, so when I was in Carolina, James Wisniewski, he lives on the course and a member and he's buddies with him. And it's only two and a half hours from here. He's like, come down and play. I'm like, really? I'm like, all right. So I'll be right there. He, he, he was the nicest guy in the world, like talking, uh, just cared about like anything you said. And the coolest thing I thought was like, you know, if us three went out and played shinny, we, we'd screw around and like kind of just whatever yeah just dick around with our buddies yep. 
I mean, he could have done that and, you know, obliterated us, but he did his pre-shot routine every time, hit the shot, and then literally would walk and keep talking. Like, he he, he was out there for a purpose, but, like, was still an incredible yeah, guy. Like awesome. it was No awesome. bad habits. No, yeah, I guess. That's why we're <laughs> amateurs, that, Chris. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Rev, you Um, You know, I'm going to go back to your junior days. You ended up playing your last year junior. You played with Sagan um how was he as a junior and was he a weapon back then like he is now he he was beginning to be he where he's actually (laughs) you could tell yeah he's from brampton so i i knew him um before he came to the whalers uh he he was a fun kid uh could see back then that he could uh fly with the puck he he was he was you know the beginning of a superstar um I think the first half of the season, they kind of had their maybe not not used correctly. The reins were on him a little bit. And the second half, uh, they came off and he just flourished. And, and you could see that it was going to be something special. But uh, he, he was a great kid. Um, yeah, he was just starting to become a weapon, as you said. So. <laughs> He's a rock star. Rip, yeah. I think you brought this up, and we could be wrong too here. Uh, did you grow up with PK Subban? I did. Uh, so played against him in minor hockey and with him. Uh, we ended up. Do you guys know the Super Eight uh, Brick Tournament in Edmonton? Oh, you're kidding! Yeah. Oh yeah, I played in that so, too. Yeah, so uh, we played on Toronto Pro Hockey and, and yeah. ended up winning it. And he oh, was. He, he was he was the star of the show. He scored the OT winner. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I grew up uh, even through junior. Uh, we used to train a little bit together in the summer, too. So mm-hmm. I, I've known him since uh, we were little kids. There was, a, there was a stretch at the Brick Tournament where I think it was seven straight years, either Toronto Pro or the Toronto Bulldogs won. I don't know if the Bulldogs played when you were there. Uh, they came in after me a yeah. couple years later, I, I yes. remember. So these, yeah, you, these two programs just come and dominate this tournament. Like it's, it's a joke. Yeah. Tournament was a lot of fun. I mean, like, back then being a blast, like I, we never knew anything about that mall hockey rink in the mall. And I don't know. The cool. hotel was, was like uh themed with the, uh, you stayed at the mall too. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was pretty cool. Pre-game meals at Hooters water park. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually not a funny story, but, so we ended up winning. We won, and yep. the restaurant right next to the rink there we went. But you know how uh, on the outside of the rink there's like those metal spikes in the fence. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, we were you know young and scooters were cool back then. We were scootering, and we had a great idea to climb over. Well, one of the kids climbed over and went right through his hand. Oh spike, no! Had to go to the hospital. So it kind of put a buzzkill on the celebration. But hey, that's uh unfortunately one of the memories i have after we won well rip says you play stupid games get stupid <laughs> answers stupid results yeah. stupid results uh chris <laughs> how many whole ones do you have uh just one got it uh maybe five years ago at uh public course around here pheasant run and was it free drinks for an hour uh no i it was me and my buddy it was like 8 a.m on a wednesday and oh, we went to the clubhouse and there was like six people in there so i i bought everyone run around and 
No, no one else came in. So I'm like, there you go, guys. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Rip. Got, uh, got away with murder. Yeah, he did. No kidding. <laughs> uh, Troy's not here, and he usually asks this question. He goes, what's your ultimate foursome? Tiger Woods, for sure. Yeah. Given. Have to be just golfers or any athletes? Well, Troy says dead or alive, but be hard to play if someone's dead but yeah yeah um, tiger i mean you got to go mj after watching the last dance and his love for golf and like yeah i just want to see someone play for 100k a hole i mean that's incredible <laughs> just to watch that um i'd be shit myself there, watching that there's a lot of other great athletes but i love golf and i'm the lefty I, I would love nothing more to play with phil mickelson i think it's uh just you know the epitome of a lefty and Honorable mention to Mike Weir because him winning the Masters when I was younger was probably a big reason why, you know, I love golf. And uh, I remember watching there on Sunday with my dad when he beat, when he won and, and just uh, just lifted a country on his back, basically. So pretty yeah. cool. Okay, I got one more here for you, Chris. Uh, one of your best NHL stories, whether it's a locker room prank or a flight uh, food thing or whatever, I'm sure you have one good one here for us. Uh, uh, we had a flight one time we were leaving Carolina and you know it was pretty relaxed on the flight day before a game and we're going to take off and we're flying down the runway and all of a sudden he slammed on the brakes and we went skidding off and I guess one of the tires like broke and we kind of went into the grass and I forget what the actual happened, but the tire broke after he hit the brakes, but he had to hit the brakes because something was, I don't know, something, something like came on or something. But, uh, I remember thinking like, this is the, I was pretty young or pretty early in my career. So I'm like, this is the NHL. It's not supposed to happen. And I remember guys were freaking out. They couldn't believe this happened. So it was probably the guy from liar, liar, Max. He's out the window. (laughs) rip anymore um let's go okay over under 10 times how many times did you score and carry price in practice when you played for the canadians oh under for sure <laughs> how good is that guy? I don't, yeah because if, i don't think i don't think i ever shot six inches off the ice down. i didn't want to come <laughs> anywhere scared. near his upper body <laughs> uh it's incredible how good he is he's it's just how effortless he makes it seem like he's so well positioned that he's so obviously. Yeah. He has the reaction skills to be the best goalie. Like he is in the world, but he's in position that there's like nothing to shoot at. It just hits him. Like he's so the way he's so fluid going side to side. I think there's obviously there's goalies that are ugly that get it done. Like Dominic Hasek was never pretty, but he is like, He's pretty to watch how he does it. So, yeah. Uh, World class goalie, obviously. But, uh, okay. Yeah. I have one more now, Chris, for you. Besides your first NHL goal, what is your best memory NHL goal? So, besides the first one, like, what's like, walk us through like your favorite goal you scored besides the first one? Um, probably my first as a Canadian. Uh, we're playing Anaheim. At the Bell Center, uh, I grew up a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Hated the the Canadians, but uh, <laughs> got off to a good start and called up. 
playing primarily the fourth line. Uh, got a shift late in the third on Anaheim. We were up four four one or three one, and uh, kind of made a sick shot from the goal line that went short side on Bernier. Uh, so just you know, just a cool experience to score for Montreal Canadiens, a storied franchise. But I'd even go even further, like a my best moment besides my first game and goal was uh, playing the Leafs Saturday night, hockey night in Canada in the bell center. Uh, didn't score, didn't win. Austin Matthews, I think had a hat trick, but it was the coolest experience I've ever been a part of. Like the, the music they play, the organ, the, the crowd, yeah. like just Toronto versus Montreal knowing you know all my buddies what is what i grew up watching this is what we did on saturday night so uh probably one of the coolest moments for me in the nhl jeez how good is austin austin matthews like my my best friend he just got a shot in the nhl this year he's playing for vancouver and his first four out of the seven games he played against toronto and he said like when you're sitting on the bench in the second period where they're going the other way you can hear Austin Matthews shoot the puck, but you can hear the puck go through the air. Yeah, I mean his his hands are incredible. Like the he has the best release I've ever seen. The way he can pull it outside, inside. Um, I probably watched him more from the bench. I'm not sure I was ever allowed out there, against <laughs> well, him, but uh, that's why he was on there uh, too. <laughs> yeah, um, I only played against him a few times, probably. Um, but obviously you can see what he does with the puck. I, I played, we were in the division with Pittsburgh when I was at Carolina. I played against Crosby a lot more. And he, he, I'll, I'm not saying he's better than Matthews, but I'm saying I played against him more. And he is the most complete, like beautiful player. Like he just glides along the ice. Like he, yeah. everything is so effortless. He's so strong. I don't know. I got to play a couple shifts against him. I don't know what happened, but, uh, so that that is like he is the world class player for me, uh, mm -hmm. just from a playing against the guy more standpoint. So, okay, Chris, last one here for all the listeners. Um, we ask this to everyone that's you know done something successful in life. Um, you know, for a young listener today, what can you tell them? What it takes to make it to whether it's the NHL or you know the PGA or you know be a doctor? Uh, just some good uh, life advice for the youngsters. You know, I, I think being a multi-sport athlete, I think being, uh, don't be so dominant. And I mean, obviously you'll, as you get older, you will know what your dominant sport is, which, what love you have for which sport. But uh, I think what kind of got lost in the last couple of years in, in kids is it's like hockey 12 months out of the year. Maybe I don't know golf well enough at the amateur level to say it's 12 months, but like what, you know, it was hockey in the winter for me, then it was lacrosse or baseball and, yeah. Uh, I enjoy those other sports. I think it rounded me into an athlete. And, and honestly, I think it carried over to hockey with hand-eye coordination and, and that sort of stuff. So I would, you know, my advice would be just to be a multi-sport athlete, enjoy your time away from the rink or the course, like whatever you feel like, you know, you're best at, or you want to pursue something in, just enjoy other things in life because, you know, life's too short to just focus on one sole thing. And, Honestly, I just think it makes you a better player in whatever sport you are to be capable to play those other sports. And you'll pick up little tendencies that'll probably help you along the way. So be my advice. Yeah, that's awesome.
perfectly said, man. Well, Chris, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, we'd love to do this again. Uh, wish you the best, whether it's going back to Russia or hopefully you're back up in the NHL yeah. sooner or later here, man. Thanks again. No, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Chris. Hey, our friends at TaylorMade are doing great work. If you don't believe me, just listen up. I have the new Sim 2 Max driver and the new Sim 2 irons. These things are incredible. I couldn't be happier. It's the truth. It's time you make the switch to TaylorMade today. I mean, if it works for Dustin Johnson, it must work for you. Team TaylorMade. Alrighty, there's episode 80 of Off the Hosel. 20 more episodes to go, Rip, and we're at 100. 20 more. One Hyundai. One Hyundai. Uh, Rip, let's walk through this lengthy podcast, but two great interviews, a great intro. Uh, first up, we had Roman Timmerman, and then followed that by uh, Chris Terry. Rip, thoughts on uh, Roman first, and then Chris. Well, Roman, that guy's voice didn't change once. That guy's a stone-cold killer. Killer, yeah. On the course and off the course. Yeah. We don't a smile, though. Yeah, we did. That's what we do around here. We do. We get people smile. Get you out of your box. Yeah, so it was good to talk to Roman. Great player. Uh, he's going back to college again, so I hope everyone enjoyed that one. And then followed by uh, Chris Terry. Rip, uh, thoughts on that one? Uh, love talking to NHLers, like ex-NHLers, still playing pro. You know what? Um, it's always interesting hearing stories from over in Russia. You know, it's a whole different world over there. Um, you know what? Two great interviews. This is, a, this is a hell of a pod we had today. It's yet again a hell of a podcast. Rip, we have still continuously, continuously. Oh, my God. Nailed it the first time. Yeah. Uh, a busy week. Yep. Another big guest coming on. We won't tell you who it is because we don't do that anymore. We just surprise you. Uh, yeah, social media handles, at underscore off the hosel on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We're on YouTube. Just off the hosel. We do have hats coming in. Now it's a couple weeks. We have been pushed back, but we have been taking care of it. Sick lids, by the way. Sick lids, rope hats, 47s are coming in again. I know a lot of people ask for those. They call them ball caps now, not 47s. No. The younger generation call them ball caps. Ball caps. Yeah. Good day today, though. Yeah, hell of a day. Hell of a day. Enjoy the the Open this week, everybody watching golf. Hockey's over for a bit. You can watch uh, reruns, I guess, of the 97 Wings. Yeah, wagon. Yeah, wagon. Rip, always a pleasure to chat with you on this podcast, as you are the intern, and, and everyone has now met you that needs to meet you in the province of Saskatchewan in the golf circuit. I'm sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a long few days, long nine days, continuously. Yep. Again, two times. Yep. Uh, Rip, we'll talk to you next week, man. Take Kay. care. Have a good, uh, good yep. rest of the week. Don't pull your cards, by the way. Yeah, don't pull your cards. If you do that, you are a... Pigeon. <laughs> Pigeon. So everyone else, have a great week. Enjoy the podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace. See ya.